0: I am. I'm happy to report that I've graduated. I've graduated from from a, a movie example, a, a movie parallel that I've used many times, and it, it is quite possible that I may have exhausted uh, this movie in in using spiritual parallels in it, and that is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And if you've listened to uh, any of the previous podcasts you know that i've i've used those examples many times and i th- i th- i think i've milked it i i i think i i think i have um it's quite possible that i've milked that trilogy uh for every spiritual parallel it is worth so uh i'm moving on i'm moving on to another one to another a movie movie trilogy and so you can take a deep breath you can relax and and be refreshed in knowing that uh that I'm I'm moving on to newer and better things, and that is the Hobbit trilogy. <laughs> so I I I just rewatched the Hobbit trilogy, and I know that they stretched one book into three movies. I know they padded it quite a bit, but I know there's a lot of CGI in it. I, I understand, but I I I've got uh, both barrels loaded of spiritual parallels from that movie. Uh, so just just brace yourselves for for the next season of the No Content podcast because it will feature quite a bit of, of of parallels from that movie. But the first one I'm going to use is is on this podcast. And and do you remember in uh, in the Desolation of Smaug how they went into Mirkwood, the those woods where the spiders are in there, and, and they have to go through that. And just as they're about to go in there. What does Gandalf have to do? He, he has to, he has to leave. He's like, I've got to leave. I've got to go do this. I got a, I got a, you know, instant message from Gladriel and I've got to go take care of some business. I've, I've been paged. And he, and he says, uh, now when you go through these woods, uh, make sure you stay on the path. He said, because these woods are heavy with illusion the very air he says is heavy with illusion and he said if you stray off of the path you may never find it again and the path is clearly marked by it's this brick road that's going through the middle of the forest and he says if you stay on the path then then you uh you'll be fine you'll make it through but if you get off you may never find it again because it's heavy with illusion and i want to talk today about staying on the path, not getting off of the path that God has set for us. And uh so that's what what's the direction we're going to go uh today. Hey there. My name is Benjamin Pace, and you're listening to the No Content podcast. And if you happen to be a duck listening to this, you're in a safe space. Hello there. Welcome to the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. Thank you for joining me again today. You know, I, uh, I actually started recording this podcast and man, uh, I, was, I was in the flow. I was in the flow. I, I was preaching some good stuff. Some stuff was coming out that wasn't even in my notes. I think I was probably about 30 minutes into the podcast. And then I looked down at my phone and I realized that I, I didn't fully hit record and so it didn't record any of it. And I was like, oh, that's that happened. Okay, well. So here I am again. Now, now I, I did hit record this time, uh, as you well know, since you're listening to my voice right now. But, you know, uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter how good a sermon is. It doesn't matter how uh, how good uh, the points are and, and the statements and the, the phrases that are used in it. You know, if you don't hit record, uh, it's not going to help anybody. <laughs> it may help me. It did me some good. I'm glad I did it. I don't regret it. But it's not going to help you if uh, if I don't hit record. And, uh, you know, in the same way, flip that over. Uh, I can preach a really good sermon. I, it can be anointed. It can be full of the Holy Spirit. And uh, if you don't listen to it, it's not going to do you any good. Uh, if you don't take the time to click play and actually listen, it's really not going to do you any good. And, you know, uh, in Proverbs... This is kind of where we're going today, but he said, Son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. And you know, you actually have to listen to what God has to say to you. You actually have to listen to the things that God wants to say to you. And you have to digest them. Uh, you know, it, it, water will not help you if you don't drink it. You know, have you ever done that before? I've done that sometimes. You know, I grab a bottle of water, maybe at church or maybe something else, and you know, fully intending to drink it, but then I just get distracted, and then, you know, I realize I have an unopened bottle of water, and then at the end of the day, sometimes I just put it back because I didn't drink it, and uh, I had to stop doing that because, you know, uh, if I don't drink the water, it doesn't matter if I grab the water bottle. It's not doing me any good unless I digest it, unless I put it in me, and the Word of God is the same way. It's not going to help us unless we, unless we put it in, unless we digest it, and uh, anyway, Glad you clicked play today. I'm glad you're here. Uh, Glad you value this enough to want to listen to it. And, uh, you know, I kind of got in a couple soapboxes in the last one, so it's probably good that I'm re-recording it because it's probably not necessary for this podcast. But I want to talk today about the path. I want to talk about don't get off the path that God has for you, about staying on the path that God has for you. And I mentioned in the beginning about uh, The Hobbit, you know, I've been watching The Hobbit again and uh, it's funny to me. I <laughs> I graduated from Lord of the Rings, and now I've moved on to The Hobbit. You know, and I know you know they they stretched three movies out of a book and they padded it. I know. I just we're not here to discuss that. Uh, this is not a movie review podcast. This is you know this is a spiritual podcast. Um, but man, there's some there's some things in there that stuck out to me, and and I, I just uh, thought about how how in the de- decimation of Smaug, you know they're they're walking through Mirkwood. They're walking through that forest. And, uh, man, Gandalf says, don't get off the path. He says, don't get off the path, because if you do, you may never find it again. He said, because the forest is thick with illusion. In other words, you may not even know where you are. You'll be disoriented. You'll be in the fog. You'll be in darkness. You'll You'll be trying to find your way, and you won't be able to find it. And as the scene progresses in this movie, you can see that they... They start getting off the path, but they don't realize it at first. They think they're still on the path. They think, oh no, we're still on the path. I think it goes this way. I think it goes that way. You know, no, this is the path. And they're not in agreement. You can tell that as, as the scene goes on, they become less and less sure of themselves. And you know, um, I'll say this. Whenever the path begins begins to become ill-defined, That is a sign that you've gotten off the path somewhere. Uh, This is a phrase that came to me the other day. If you have to draw a line, it means somewhere you've crossed a line. Because you don't have to draw a line if you haven't crossed a line. Because there are boundaries that God has set. There are lines that God has set. Um, He has a path for us. and, And He helps us to stay on that path. But if we're having to make our own path... That's an indication that we've gotten off of god 's path for us and, and you see this in that movie. they were beginning to hallucinate and have these weird illusions and and they're confused and they're getting into strife and it's dark and it's foggy, and they end up waking up in spider webs <laughs> and and entangled in darkness and destruction and If it wasn't for the elves coming and saving their bacon, uh they would have been spider food but uh you know, that's, that's what happens when you get off the path. You can get entangled in the affairs of life. You can get entangled in other things and distractions that aren't God's path and plan for you. And uh, it's ill-defined. It's, it's, oh man, I think I'm doing the right thing. I think this is what God wants me to do. I think I'm at the right job. I think, maybe, I don't know, it seems like it could be, well, I'll just say this. When you're on the path, you know it. And if you have to if you have to always second guess and question everything, now now don't misunderstand me. You can you can question things in your head that God tells you to do. You may question the direction you're going in your head, but in your heart your heart bears witness with the things that mark the path of God. And I don't want to get ahead of myself by saying that, uh, but God wants us to stay on his path for us. I'm going to go ahead and read this in Proverbs. Uh he said in chapter 4, starting at verse 10, My son, if you will take time to stop and listen to me and embrace what I say, you will live a long and happy life full of understanding in every way. He said, take time to stop and listen. You know, we've got to take time to stop and listen to what God has to say to us. We've got to take time to stop and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to make sure we're still on the path. I'm going to keep reading here. He said, I have taken you by the hand in wisdom's ways. Pointing you to the path of integrity. Now, remember that. Remember that phrase, the path of integrity. He said, your progress will have no limits when you come along with me and you will never stumble as you walk along the way. So receive my correction, no matter how hard it is to swallow, for wisdom will snap you back into place so you've got your little shelf right here, right? Okay. So you've got the path of integrity right up next to that path of integrity. I want you to set that other phrase. Wisdom will snap you back into place. So keep your little scripture shelf on the side there. We'll come back to it. I promise. He said her words, wisdom will invigorate life into you. Uh, it says, do not detour into darkness or even set foot on that path. Stay away from it and don't even go there, for troublemakers are restless if they are not involved in evil. They are not satisfied until they have brought someone harm. They feed on darkness and drink until they're drunk on the wine of wickedness. But the lovers of God walk on the highway of light, and their way shines brighter and brighter until they bring forth the perfect day. But the wicked walk in thick darkness like those who travel in fog. Other translations of this say the path of the just shines brighter and brighter until the full day sun. So I want to point out two things to you here. It says that God's path is a highway of light that shines brighter and brighter. But the wicked path is thick darkness and it's like traveling in fog. It's confusion, it's murky, it's murkwood, (laughs) it's not clear, it's ill defined. That's what the wrong path is. And it says they don't have a clue why they keep stumbling. They're disillusioned. They're confused. He said, listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words. Remember how I said that God's word will keep you on the path? He said, fill your thoughts with my word until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. I said, pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, uh, for out of it flows the well springs of life. And you know, in other translations of, of this, he talks about my son attend unto my words. I mentioned that in the beginning, paying attention to his words. His word will keep us on track. His word will keep us from getting off. You know, uh, some people really like to make things very vague. Uh, You hear people who are just, they're very philosophical and they like to reason about, well, you know, what did God mean when he said this? Did this really mean this? And this really mean that? And it is good to rightly divide the word. Don't misunderstand me and, and keep it in context. But people try to apply natural reasoning and philosophy to the word of God and it doesn't work because this is a spiritual book. And they're confused and they're walking in darkness because these people want to fudge the lines of what the Bible clearly spells out, particularly in the New Testament, so that they don't have to adhere to it, so they don't have to acknowledge that this is a standard that God has set. And that's what people do. This is what Satan did in the beginning, you know uh the bible talks about eve being moved away from the simplicity of the gospel the simplicity that was in christ now i know she wasn't moved away from the gospel as we know it but she was moved away from simplicity and it and it says don't be yourselves moved away from the simplicity that's in christ in other words it's clear it's 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 clearly marked it's clearly established god said this do it this way don't get off don't get off track don't be confused don't be in the fog about it. No, it's simple. It it may not be easy, but it's simple. And people that get off this, you can tell because the, the things get murky, things get ill-defined. People start getting into complicated things and, and and they they're moved away from the simplicity of the gospel by fancy words, by fancy reasoning. And that's how you know you're getting off the path if you're doing that. I love what he says down at the end of this, of this chapter. He says, Set your gaze on the path before you. With fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignore life's distractions. Watch where you're going. Stick to the path of truth and the road will be safe and smooth before you. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment or take the detour that leads to darkness. You know, in everything that we do, even if we're doing the right thing, God always wants us to keep our motives right, because a right motive will keep you on the path, but a wrong motive will, will take you off the path. Um, you know, uh, I had people reach out to me before about this podcast and say, you know, Ben, you know, what are you doing to, to kind of get more of a following or, or, or numbers or things like that and to reach more people? And, you know, that sounds good because we do want to reach people. Uh, we do want to reach more people for God and Jesus sometimes preached to thousands of people he preached to multitudes but you know Jesus also knew how to stop for the one and to preach to the one and Jesus was not caught up in numbers he he loved individual people and he in if he was preaching to a multitude he loved each and every one of them individually and, and it's good we want everybody we want we want tons of people but it's because we learn to value the individual That's what makes us have compassion on the multitude, because it's a multitude of individuals. And and if we get sidetracked on numbers and things like that, we can get off. You know, Jesus preached some of his most profound sermons to 12 people. And, and, you know, it's not about numbers. You know, we say things like this, oh, we're all about the individual. And then practically speaking, we focus on numbers. Well, we want to reach a lot of people, like I said, but We'll never value the multitude unless we learn to value the individual. And if one life is not enough for us to put everything we have into something, then we don't understand the value of life. We don't, and we'll get off track. It's not about numbers. It's about about reaching that one person. And if it's a thousand people, we want to reach them one person at a time. Jesus was all about reaching people. And it wasn't about numbers for him. And he wasn't swayed by numbers falling off. It wasn't about that for him. And, uh, you know, it's easy to get off the path of what God's telling us to do if the motive becomes wrong. You know, in anything, if the things of God are a formula, the missing ingredient or the key ingredient is always a right heart. And keeping our motives right or our heart right. That's one of the ways we stay on the path. But, you know, um, I I was recently hiking. I was recently walking through this uh, trail, this nature path in my hometown. And they have about four or five different trails on this path. And they're all marked. They're all marked. And, uh, you know, they're marked either red or yellow or blue or green. But they're marked. And, you know, I was walking on the red path. And, and this is actually when the Holy Spirit started to speak to me about this message. Um, the path of life is marked by life. I don't mean to get ahead of myself by saying that, but the path of life is marked by life. And just like on this nature walk that I was on, you know, I, it wasn't hard for me to figure out which path I was on. Because they, they mark it every mile as red or green or yellow. And, and every mile that I would walk it, there was that clear red marker. And, you know, whenever you start having to ask the question, uh, am I still on the path? It may be that you have gotten off the path because it's marked. <laughs> the path is marked. And, and, you know, I felt the Lord started to put this on my heart that his path is marked by life. His path is marked by peace his, part, his path is marked by light, and His path is marked by truth. You know, those are the things that mark the path of God. And you know, I was staying on this red trail when I was hiking because, you know, uh, it was a shorter path and I wasn't trying to do a big giant hike, I wasn't going treasure hunting. And uh, you know, um, I, if I had uh, if I had gotten off the path and started making my own way, I could have gotten lost in those woods. I could have been in there for hours trying to find my way. But the path is simple. The path is marked. And, you know, I knew when I was on the path because I could see the marking of it. The red marker is an indicator that I'm on the red path. And when a path starts to become ill-defined or undefined and you're having to use guesswork, that's an indicator that you've gotten off the path somewhere, that you're making your own path. And, you know, when you're on the path, I said this earlier, you know it. You know it on the inside, you know it in your heart because your heart bears witness with the life and the peace that's on that path. And you know, just like that nature walk, spiritual paths are clearly marked. They're marked. And you know, uh, they're marked by their spiritual characteristics. And, And the interesting thing about that is that, you know, in order to recognize what marks a spiritual path, you can't just look at things naturally speaking, You have to recognize a spiritual path by its spiritual characteristics. And in order to recognize spiritual characteristics, you have to be spiritually sensitive. You have to be spiritually aware. This is why in the beginning we said you got to stop and take time to acknowledge God. Sometimes that involves fasting. Sometimes that involves putting your flesh under or or, or getting in tune with your spirit in one way or the other, in one degree or the other, because you got to take time to stop and say, am I still on the path? You've got to look for that spiritual marker of being on the path of life or on the path of death. And you know, those are the two things that really mark spiritual paths are either life or death. There's more to that, but those are the main things that will mark either God's path for your life or your own path. You know, uh, some people will say, well, you mean Satan's path? Yes and no, because Satan will use you trying to make your own path. And and, you know, uh, the Bible says that, that uh, there's a way that seems right to man, but the end and that is destruction. In other words, he's making his own path. He's got his machete and he's making his own path through the jungle and it leads to destruction and Satan, he's content with you just finding your own way, (laughs) because if you're trying to find your own way, if you're trying to find your own path, he can lead you to destruction. And you know, you hear people say things, you know, I'm just my truth. I'm living my truth. I'm finding my path. And you can see that people who do that, they're marked by illusion. They're marked by deception, disillusionment, um, identity crisis, trying to figure out who they are. uh, People who pretend to be one thing, pretend to be something that they're not. It's marked by that. It's marked by this falseness, this pretense, this illusion. When you get off the path, when you get off and try to find your own way, find your own truth, you're getting off the path and it's marked by darkness. It's marked by something that is ill-defined and is not a clear standard. You know, I I can be walking on the red path and say, oh, no, 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 this is the yellow path, (laughs) And somebody else would say, well, no, no, that's the red path. It's right there. See, red. You say, oh, no, no, no. It's the yellow path. You know, there are some people that are spiritually colorblind. And Jesus talked about Pharisees who were blind leaders leading the blind. And there are some people who are spiritually colorblind. And they think they're on the yellow path when they're on the red path. They think they're on the blue path when they're on the green path. And somebody else comes along and says, no, 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 this is the red path. And and then people get offended and they say, you must hate me because you're saying that this is the red path and you're saying, well, I'm just, it's red. (laughs) It is what it is. And you just point out that that's the path that they're on and and they don't see it. They want to call it something else, but it doesn't change what path it is. It's the path that leads to death. If it's marked by death and I say, you're on the path of death and people get offended with me. Well, I'm sorry. I don't hate you. I love you. And I'm just telling you the truth because I love you. And I don't want you to follow a path that leads to destruction. Because the the path that leads to destruction is marked by destruction. But God's path is marked by life. We're about to read this, but in Psalm 16, it talks about this path of life. You know, it's not just the path that leads to life. It's the path of life. In other words, the path itself is marked by life life is on the path itself and it leads to life and it leads to degrees of life leading to ultimate eternal life but you know this is true of the path that leads to death i've said this before people will say well how can you believe that hell is real well because there are measures of hell on the earth the spiritual atmosphere of hell is manifesting itself on the earth we see it every day i know hell is real because, you know, people use the phrase hell on earth. That's a real thing. And people also talk about heaven on earth. That's a real thing too. Uh, these things are spiritual atmospheres that can manifest themselves depending on what people yield themselves over to. The Bible talks about days of heaven on earth. Well, the, the path of life is marked by the spiritual atmosphere of heaven. But, you know, people say, well, you know, the, the path you know, is not easy. Well, that, that, there's a truth to that. Um, you know the path. You know the path that leads to God is not always an easy path, but you know people who are on a path of death that's leading to death. They're indulging themselves in the flesh in the moment, and they're dull to the spiritual atmosphere that they are soaking in. They can sense it because they're spiritual beings, but they're dull to it. And people, you know, they're they're intoxicated in the pleasures of the flesh and the things of the flesh and the pride of life, and they don't sense the spiritual darkness that they're soaking in. And they're actually already spending time in a measure of hell and getting used to it because of that life, because of what they're yielding to, the unclean spirits, the evil spirits, the depression, the death, the darkness, the uncleanness that they're yielding to. And then then on the other hand, you have people who are Christians who have literally been tortured, who have been thrown to lions, and yet they were walking in the atmosphere of heaven, which is why they were able to endure that. We see that with Stephen. Stephen was stoned, and yet he wasn't even aware of the stones. He, he The Bible says he was beholding Jesus the whole time. He was so aware of heaven that he was cognitive enough to say, God, don't lay this sin to their charge. They don't know what they're doing. Now, now I know that that's a... Um, An extreme example of of how that can be. And I'm not saying that everybody who's persecuted for their faith feels that way and is not feeling the pain. But I do know that the path of life is marked with life regardless of the challenges. And the path of death is marked with death regardless of the indulgences. So the three things that I want to talk about on each one of these paths, uh, you know, the first thing I mentioned, the wrong path, it's marked by death another way you could say that is destruction it's marked by destruction An, another thing that the the wrong path is marked with is darkness and another thing that it's marked with is deception now those all rhyme with d or i'm sorry they start with d they're the the triple d and that's how you know it's true if it all starts with d no i'm just kidding uh, but you know deception another word of, uh, for that is illusion and i talked about how in you know the hobbit that forest was was heavy with illusion. And when you get off the path, you can get over into illusion and delusion. You know, uh, I mentioned that phrase on the shelf. You can go ahead and take it off the shelf. The path of integrity. You know, the path of integrity is faithfulness. Another verse says that all your paths are faithfulness and truth. Well, you know, people neglect faithfulness. They they become unfaithful. They neglect integrity because they follow what I call the illusion of lust. And that's actually a podcast I'm going to do. But people chase after fantasy and what is fake, what they don't have, a mirage, a ruse, thinking that it's going to bring them life, but it's an illusion. And they chase the illusion of lust, and they're never satisfied, and it pulls them away from the path of life. And And they neglect the good things that God has given them. They neglect the perfect gifts that came from above to chase after the illusion of lust. That's what James talks about. James chapter one, and it's deception. The path of death is marked by deception and illusion. But you know, uh, something else that the wrong path is marked by is tradition. This is a part of deception. Tradition. You know, uh, tradition is man making his own path. I'm going to say that again. Tradition is man making his own path. Is taking a principle of God, is taking a, a something that's from the Word that's good, but turning it into a tradition, neglecting the, the heart of it, neglecting the spiritual um, root of it, neglecting the leading of the Holy Spirit and the revelation of the Holy Spirit, and just making it into a tradition. This is what the Pharisees did. Or, or even not something from the Word of God, just taking half a verse and building a tradition and... It's them making their own path, their own way. I I feel like the Holy Spirit put a phrase on my heart. And, you know, I I don't say that lightly. When I say the Holy Spirit said this or the Holy Spirit said that, man, it really needs to clearly line up with the Word of God. A lot of people say that, and that's not something I want to be light about saying. Um, A lot of times the Holy Spirit may impress something on somebody, and they can add their own interpretation to it and call it the Holy Spirit. But we've got, to, we've got to, to test that by the word of God. Um, I don't like to be too quick to say, God said this or God said that. He does say things. He does speak. And there's a time to say, thus saith the Lord. But it's, it's a fearful thing to do it. Not, not in the sense of being afraid, but in reverence. And we don't want to just do it lightly. But this is a phrase that was impressed on my heart. And I believe it was from the Holy Spirit. And I believe it lines up with the word. And it's this. Traditions are formed. When opinions go unchallenged. I'm going to say it again. Traditions are formed when opinions go unchallenged. Now, you don't have to be disrespectful to disagree, but you also don't have to adopt somebody's opinion as doctrine, and you shouldn't. You know, you can respect people. You can show honor for people that you disagree with. In fact, When you disagree with somebody, it's one of the best opportunities to show honor to somebody. (laughs) If you don't agree and there's a temptation to voice that, that's an opportunity to show honor. People think that it's their job to go on YouTube and and call this out and do this thing and expose this person because they disagree with this or they disagree with that. Well, that's a wrong spirit and, and they're letting their disagreement become disrespect and now they're the ones who are in the wrong. But, you know, it's okay to challenge a teaching or, or to, to not agree with something. If you see it differently in the word of God, if you see it clearly in the word of God, that that's not the case. Well, it's okay to say that you don't have to be disrespectful. You don't have to be, um, rude or, or ugly about it. Um, but we don't want to leave opinion unchallenged because it turns into tradition. If we don't and it's good to define what is opinion and what is not. Now, I don't think it's wrong to to say your opinion. I don't think it's wrong for me to get on here and say, hey, this is my opinion. You know why? Paul did that. Paul said, hey, this is my perspective. This is my opinion, but it's not a commandment of the Lord. He said that in the holy written word of God. Now, if Paul could do that, I, I think it's all right for me to do that as long as I'm allowing my opinions to be influenced by the word. But I do need to def- define, hey, this is my opinion, <laughs> just, so you're, just so we're clear. I'm not trying to say this is what God said. And, and, and Paul took the time to do that, so we should take time to do that. But traditions are formed when opinions are unchallenged. So uh, that's something that a wrong path can be marked by is tradition. Because in order to follow God's path, we have to follow light, we have to follow truth, and we have to follow life. And those things are many times not found in traditions, We have to follow the Word of God. We keep that Word before us day and night, like Proverbs was just telling us. We meditate in that Word, and and it keeps us on the path, and we listen to the Holy Spirit. We follow the Holy Spirit. We stop and take time to acknowledge Him in all things, and He directs our path. Now, what we read earlier in Proverbs 4.18, it says, "...the path of the just shines brighter and brighter." There's an increase of light and revelation and understanding on the right path. And those are the three things. There's more than this, I'm sure. But there are at least three things that mark the path of life. And it's life, it's light, and it's truth. The truth, the path of truth, the path of integrity, the path of light, the path of life. These things are on God's path. In Psalm 1611, it says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I mentioned how we can experience days of heaven on earth. Heaven is just His presence. You know, Is that old uh, Israel Houghton song, Your presence is heaven to me. I think he wrote it. If he didn't write it, he sang it. Your presence is heaven to me. Heaven marks the path of life. His presence marks the path of life. If you want to stay on the path, Pursue his presence above all else. Uh, and his word and his presence are one. His word and his presence will always work together. You, you, you stay with the word, you meditate in the word, and you, you stay in his presence. That's how you stay on the path. I, I've said this many times, but I, I want to follow the presence of God in my life. Where is the presence of God manifesting to me? What church is the presence of God manifesting to me at? What, what people is it manifesting to me around? Where is the light? Where is the life? Where is his presence manifesting in my life? That's what I want to follow. And there is life on this path. You know, life, it's increase, it's multiplication. It's also a beginning. You know, uh, I was talking to my brother about this, but you know, uh, life is the beginning of a good thing. Death is the end of a good thing. Death is the end. It's a dead end. The Bible says that there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death. It's a dead end road, a dead end, an end of death. Sin is a dead end road. It's a wide path. It doesn't take any resistance of temptation and there's indulgence involved in it, but it's a dead end. It doesn't lead anywhere. People who give themselves over to sin are only thinking about what's happening in the moment and not what's coming after that. It's an end. It's going over the cliff, but life is the beginning of a thing. Life is the beginning of a good thing. It's like starting uh, a movie that you're excited about in the beginning. You got your popcorn, you got your friends with you. It's the beginning of a thing. It's the start of a thing. That's what life is. And the path of life is always full of anticipation for the future. It's always full of expectation. And even if there's a challenge in the moment, it's so much better than the indulgence of the moment on the path of death because that path doesn't lead anywhere. It's like a fish that's enjoying a worm as it gets hooked. It's over. The path is over for that fish. He's about to be in the frying pan. He's going to get filleted up. He's going to McDonald's on a piece of bread and some tartar sauce. He's gone. His life is over. It's a dead end. (laughs) But life is the beginning of a thing. And you know, Life is increase, life is multiplication, it's flourishing, it's success. But, you know, it's not just success, it's success in the thing that God has called you to do. It's success on the path. It's success doing what God has called you to do. You know, some have made talking about life or talking about the path of the just shines brighter and brighter. They've kind of made that about just natural success. And, you know, there is an application to that because spiritual prosperity affects natural prosperity. But there are many successful, quote-unquote, people in the world who are not even close to God's path for them. You know, if you're growing and exceeding in the thing that you're called and grace to do, you're on the path. Does that mean you're going to be getting richer and richer every year? Uh, In a sense, that's true. And and, and in in a sense of how God sees richness, (laughs) that's true but not necessarily by the world's standards. You know, You like I said, you have to discern a spiritual path spiritually. And it's marked by spiritual things, not necessarily natural things. But, but you know, spiritual things will affect natural things. But you got to be careful about just following natural things. Because like I said, people have natural success. It doesn't mean they're on God's path for them. No, uh, you can have lots of money while completely failing in the area you're called to. And having no success in God's eyes. You know, making money is not an indication that you're on the right path. If it was, uh, no no, no, hate to him, but Marilyn Manson would be on the right path. No, uh, I love Marilyn Manson. I love uh, Brian Warner. I'm praying for him. I don't mean anything against him. But, uh, you know, I think me and him would both agree that he has not necessarily been following God's path for his life. That doesn't mean that can't change, and I'm not judging him. I love him. But, anyway... Succeeding in what God has called you to do is what marks the path of life. Succeeding in what you're called to do. Now, don't misunderstand me. When you're doing what God has called you to do, there will be provision. There will be increase. There, there will be success. There will be things that mark that. And, and, and there will be increase. There will be good things. But my point in that is you don't want to get your eyes on a natural thing to try and determine whether or not you're on the path. Because people take jobs, they take these things, they do all these things to follow money, and they get all the way off of God's path for their life. They lose their marriages, they lose their families, they lose their integrity. They, 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 they're, they're, the richness of the relationship with God suffers. And that's not the indication of being on the right path. You've got you to discern a spiritual path, spiritually speaking you have to you have to discern it spiritually. You know, Proverbs talks about meditation and attending to his words. We've been talking about that, what it means to to keep his word in front of you and how that keeps you on the path. And you know, in Joshua chapter 1 verse 7 and 8, it says be strong, be courageous. Observe to do all that the law has said for you to do. It says do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm going to say that again real slow. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. You know, CS Lewis uh wrote a, a book called The Screwtape Letters and uh that's not scripture, but it, it, there's some good things in that book that are revelation of spiritual things and and the demon that was talking to the younger demon to about the man that they were assigned to, he said, "You know, If we can just get him in an extreme on one side or the other, we can get him off track. We can get him off the path. If we can just get him into extremes, you know, this is true with tradition. This is true with politics. Now, I'm not preaching that Christians should not be involved in politics. No, but like with anything, we have to make sure we approach it from a spiritual understanding and not just natural understanding, not just looking at it from the natural and listening to people who are only looking at the natural. No, we have to be kingdom-minded about these things. You have to approach it from the Spirit. And the way to do that is you stay on the path, you stay in the middle of the road, you follow Christ, you follow Him, but if you get off into extremes on one side or the other, you can be getting off the path. It says, don't turn to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. So there is prosperity on this path, but it's not just prosperity by the world's standards. It's prospering in the thing that God has called you to do. And we see this. He says, the book of the law will not depart from your mouth. You'll meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do what's written in it. And watch this. He says, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Now, I heard John Lindell, the pastor of James River Church in Springfield, Missouri, he said this, you know, there is a good success and there's a bad success. He said, you'll have good success. Well, what's good success? That's prospering in the thing that God's called you to. That's succeeding in the thing that God called you to do. But there is also a bad form of success. And it's what Jesus offered. I'm sorry, what Satan offered Jesus when he tempted him in the wilderness. It was success, but it was not good success. That's, that's not what marks the path of life. No, it's good success that marks the path of life. You know, uh, we are to obey the Holy spirit. We're to obey the Holy spirit. You know, uh, we're not supposed to keep the law of Moses as new Testament believers. We're supposed to be led by the spirit and we're supposed to keep the law of love. That's how we stay on the path. We're not to stray from the law of love. We're not to turn from it to the right hand or to the left. And when we do that, we'll have good success in what God has called us to do. That's one of the ways you know you're getting off track is if you are straying from the law of love. That's one of the first things you need to look at to to find well, whether or not you are on the path God has set for you. Where's your love walk? Where's Where's your love at? How far have you strayed from what God said about loving your enemies and praying for them, about not speaking evil of those who do evil to you, about not returning evil for evil, about overcoming evil with good? How far have you strayed from that? Now, now I'm not talking about, you know, what God's doing. If there, there is a natural side of, of God's judgment. He doesn't delight in judgment, but he does judge and he does have wrath. That's a whole nother podcast, but that's between him and and those people. But I'm talking about you. He told you to walk in the law of love, and if you want to find out whether or not you are on the path, where are you in 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 regard to the law of love? You know, that's one of the things that God's way is marked by mercy and the God kind of love. And you say, oh well, is the wrong path marked with hate? No. The wrong path is marked with selfishness. Uh-oh. The wrong path is marked by you seeking your own. Seeking your own things. Doing your own things. You know, there's a good kind of hate. Not toward people, but there's a good, toward, good hate toward sin and anything that's connected to it. We should hate darkness. We should hate sickness and death. Hate is, is a bad thing when it's channeled towards people. But it's a good thing when it's channeled toward the kingdom of darkness. There's some things that God hates, but no, the, the the wrong path is marked by selfishness. Me doing my own thing, me caring about my own thing. I mentioned this earlier about the path of integrity and people who get off of it and chase the illusion of lust. People get away from their marriages. They get away from the gifts that God has given them, their ministries, because they chase selfishness. They focus all their attention on on pleasing themselves. Proverbs talks about the man who loves pleasure, how he's going to be poor. You know, uh, selfishness, this selfish mentality, seeking my own. That's what, that's the opposite of love is selfishness. Uh, And you know, God's path is marked by integrity and faithfulness. And that's an element of the love of God. Another thing God's path is marked by, and we talked about this already, but we're going to expand on it now, is truth. His path is marked by truth. In Psalm 119.30 in the Amplified, it says, I have chosen the way of truth and faithfulness. Your ordinances have I set before me. Psalm 25.10 says, all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. You know, we see this connection over and over again between the the path of truth and meditating in his word and his testimonies, setting them before us. His words are life, they're truth, they're light, and they keep us on the path. And you know, God's spirit always agrees with his word and it always agrees with love because he is love. Now, I want to say this for just a minute before I wrap this up. Why do people get off the path? Why is it that people get off of the path that God has for them? Ministers, people who loved God, who served God, who, who were in places of ministry and things like that, but then they got off track. They, they did this. They had this scandal. They had this thing. Uh, they left the faith. They rejected it. They say, I don't believe anymore. Why do people get off the path? Well, they pursue sin that leads to death and they pursue pleasure that creates the illusion that death is life in the moment, but it's a dead end road. And people ignore the light. John 3 talks about people didn't want the light because it exposed their evil deeds. You know, uh, people don't want light to shine on their wrong deeds. People love darkness. They they Let me say it like this. They grow to love darkness because of what it hides. Oh, come come on. Uh, they stay in the darkness and they grow to love the darkness because they like what it hides. They don't want it to expose their evil deeds because they don't want to let go of their evil deeds. They've given themselves over unto that. And you know, people get off because they ignore light. They see light and they ignore it. Another thing that gets people off is replacing truth with tradition. I mentioned that earlier, I got into that, but they replace truth with tradition and it gets people off the path. They refuse to bend they refuse to move with the leading of the spirit and they get stuck in the stencil of their own opinion. <laughs> I mean, I've never said that phrase before. But people get stuck in the stencil of their own opinion and they won't ever uh, get out of it. You know, uh, it's easy uh, to always think that that what you believe and you, what you feel and what you think is how God feels and thinks. Now, if it lines up with the word of God, then that's right, but so often we feel this way, we think this way, and if we really read what Jesus said, it doesn't line up. And one of the ways a lot of times you know you're really hearing from God is it's not rare for God to tell you something that goes against what you feel and your opinion. <laughs> and if, if you're never hearing anything that goes against what you feel about something or your opinion about something, you know, um, well, you maybe need to get in the Word more. Maybe you need to spend some more time meditating in the word of God, because I'll tell you what, I read things every day in the word of God that challenge how I feel in my opinion about things. And here's something else I want to touch on because I'm, I'm running out of time. Uh, but another reason people get off is because they judge other people when they stumble. Galatians 6 talks about if a brother is overtaken with a fault, uh, you who are a spiritual, restore him in a spirit of meekness. Um, I'm going to touch on this for a second. You know, Proverbs 24 says, "Don't rejoice when your enemy falls, and don't let your heart be glad when he stumbles." One translation says, "Don't laugh or mock when he stumbles." I don't know everybody that's listening to this podcast, but w- whether uh politically speaking, Donald Trump was somebody you would have considered your enemy, or whether or not Joe Biden is somebody you would consider your enemy. Um People who laugh at or mock people falling and stumbling. What does the Bible just say about that? Don't rejoice or mock when your enemy falls or stumbles. Let me ask you a question. Why are pastors and men of God mocking and making fun of Joe Biden for stumbling on the stairs when he was walking up to Air Force One? Now, I'm not being political here. I'm just preaching the word of God to you. This applies to Donald Trump. This applies to Joe Biden. It applies to Obama. It applies to George W. Bush. Anybody. This is not political. I'm reading the word to you. And if you're somebody who would consider Joe Biden to be your enemy, then this verse applies to that. It says, when your enemy falls. It didn't say, don't say they're your enemy. They're not against you. You're not against them. But it says, don't rejoice when they fall or laugh when they stumble. Why are ministers and Christians mocking and making fun of somebody stumbling that they would consider their enemy? That's not good. It's not good. And, and when you mock your enemy falling and stumbling, you're in danger of falling and stumbling yourself. Now I'm just going to touch on that. And I'm not getting political. Uh, don't get mad at me. Uh, what does the word say? What did I just read? When your enemy falls, don't rejoice. And don't let your heart be glad when he stumbles. That's not a right spirit. I don't care who does it. I don't care who they are. I don't care what ministry they have. That's not a right spirit. They may be a good person. They may love God. I'm not saying they're not good. I'm saying anybody who yields to that, that's a misrepresentation of God. Okay, I'm going to move on because I only got a few minutes left. I'd prefer not to go over an hour in this podcast let me say this. What is it that will keep you on the path? Number one, loving the truth. Whether or not it agrees with how you feel and think about everything, just simply loving the truth. And Jesus said, all who hear my voice hear the truth. His voice is the truth. If you want to know the truth, listen to what Jesus said. Meditate on those red words. Or black words, if your Bible has them black. It doesn't really matter matter whether they're red or not. Some person just decided to do that. But the point is, meditate on Jesus' words. The third thing, oh, I'm sorry, loving truth. The second thing is meditating on and acting on the words of God. You know, you have to be a doer of the word of God. And you have to ingest the words of God, like I talked about that water bottle. You have to take it in. It's not enough to just, you know keep your Bible on your lampstand. You have to take it in. The, the third thing is keeping a tender conscience, not searing your conscience, not ignoring light, being quick to repent, keeping a tender heart and a tender conscience before God. The fourth thing I would say is not quenching the spirit. These are things that will keep you on the path, not quenching the leadings of the Holy Spirit with tradition or with your opinion. Staying in love, like Jude talks about, keeping yourselves in the love of God will help keep you on the path and showing mercy. The Bible says all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth, all of them. That means there is mercy and there is truth on all of God's paths. Those are things that will help keep you on the path. You know, we have to stay sensitive to the the spirit. And we have to stay in love. We have to stay sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Sometimes that requires some fasting and things like that, uh, stopping and acknowledging God in all of our ways. But these are things that will keep you on the right path. I'm going to run over them one more time. Loving truth, meditating on and acting on God's Word, keeping a tender conscience, not quenching the Spirit, keeping yourself in love, walking in love, and showing mercy to others. Those things will keep you on the path. You know, men, like I said earlier, men leave their wives, women leave their husbands because they become selfish and they abandon the the love of God. Parents abuse their children because they become consumed with selfishness and they abandon the love of God and the role they're supposed to play as a parent. People do horrible things to people because they become consumed with selfishness. You know, people say, You know, men who are rapists and things like that, or women. uh, But, but, you know, they must be demon-possessed. Well, the more people yield to stuff like that, there are certainly evil spirits that come in to be a part of that kind of thing and do influence that kind of thing. But the thing that really leads to that kind of thing is not just demon possession, it's selfishness. Oh, come on. It's selfishness. People who become so consumed with themselves... That they were willing to force somebody else to do something or steal somebody's innocence. It's selfishness. Now that opens the door to demons. That opens the door to evil spirits. But selfishness leads to some of the worst sins against humanity. Murder, uh, robbery, theft, you name it. Adultery. All these things, it comes from yielding to selfishness. But the love of God is the opposite of that. The love of God is not selfish. It's not self-seeking. It's not trying to find my own way and my own path. No it wants to know what, what does God say? What grieves the Holy Spirit and what pleases Him? That's how you stay on the path. I'm going to read this last verse to you, and then I'll let you go. He said, My son, let my words not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way, And your foot will not stumble. When we keep his words, when we meditate on his word day and night, he will keep us on the path of life. He will keep us on the path of light. He will keep us in the path of truth. Cling to him. Psalm 63 says, My soul follows hard after you. Stay close behind him, and you will not get off the path. This has been the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. I hope this ministered to you today and uh, I'll talk to you the next time you click play. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to the No Content Podcast. Remember that Jesus loves you. He loves everyone else. And please don't forget to feed the ducks.